So this morning, the plan is that Matt and I are going to just go over some of the vision that we've had and we've been using for the last few years. Um, Matt's going to speak into one part, I'm going to speak into the other. But at the moment, I just get to go over, because when we did this vision, and we put it together of the looking up, looking in, and looking out, um, um, a guy called Nigel Bailey helped us develop it over Sizemore one year, and then as a church, we took it on and started to develop that for ourselves. Um, so... I'm aware that not everybody knows some of these things or we're just trying to catch up on that and share. So my job at the beginning is just to go through some of the values, some of the, the vision statement and the vow that we agreed to and what we say is what we're about as church. Um, so this is our vision statement. So... Um, so at New Life Church, we will seek to encounter God and be transformed by Him. So that's our looking up. Our looking out is be looking in is be a united community renowned for our love, um, and then looking out is lift Jesus high so that the world will see Him. And these values, this is the statement you can find on our website, and we've got some of the other bits that we've got. Is these values bring clarity to how we do church, how we achieve mission, why we look to do mission the way we do it, but. I think the fantastic bit that we need to remember is our unique call God has given us as a local church in Great Cornard. Because, like with Abbeys, when we speak about Abbeys, about how far can Abbeys reach go, the need of Abbeys is extensive. But do you go so far that you lose your identity of who and what they're trying to do? So they have to keep, they get continually being asked, can you come in here? Can you come and deliver this far out? And they've got to say no, because their unique call is to one point. And they've got, they know what that is. And as church, ours is Great Cornard. Even though we may come from different parts of the local area, we drive in from different points, we're asking what God wants to do in this surrounding area. What does he want to do through the schools? What does he want to do locally with people that we meet? And that's always been a heart of how we do that. Um, and this is our vow. This is the thing that we say because... I'm going to speak a bit more about this later, but um, it's, we don't do um, membership here as church. But what we hope to do is be able to have an identity as individuals who are part of the church, and this is who we are. So we say this is the vow, and we're going to use this over the next couple of weeks. Um, Jesus is Lord of my life, and my desire is to grow closer in my relationship with him. So that's the up. The in. I will encourage love and support my Christian family. That's the in. I will be Jesus to those you put in my path, path, sharing my story and your grace. And this is what we believe is our core elements as a church. And I will pass on these slides later on as well to people so they can see. But as a church, this needs to be our DNA. This is who we are inside. That piece of rock, if you cut it in half, will this be what people see when they know we're part of New Life Church? And it's a really interesting thing, exciting thing to come back to our vision, to go and say, yes, there is. Or, oh, actually, I need to be a bit, I need to work on that. Am I, have I got these three things in tension? Have I, and I'm not just going to say too much about that because I think Matt's going to say more in his section about having the balance of these three things. If we concentrate too much on the top one and forget to do the other two, then we're not. We want to be looking at all three things like this in cohesion, finding a way of having the balance of all these three things at once. And as a leader, it's lovely to say that I think we do. But the challenge is always, but is there more opportunities? Is there more, have we got this 33, 33, 33, or is it 10, 50, and 40? You know, however. But for you, you can answer that question. And then we put these core values together. Um, and this is what we want to be known as as a church. These are part of our core values. So the Bible, prayer, discipleship, they are our up Things, love, accountability, and generosity is our in. Grace, social action, and sharing. Now, we've played around with this word here quite a few different ones. You could call it evangelism. You could call it gospel. But as soon as I use evangelism, half of you might go, because you don't, the word's quite scary. Um, but part of the course we're doing is, you know, Andrew mentioned the front line. All of us have front lines that we are involved with. So that's why I went for the word sharing, because on our front line, we share. It may not always be in words, but in our lives, we share who we are. So they are our, our 
little bits. I say this are, these are the up ones, and these are the Bible verses that we put. And we spent a lot of time trying to work out this sort of things. So Joshua 1, 8, Jeremiah 29, and Romans 12. So for these things, we will not just study God's word, but we will do what it says. It's great having knowledge and knowing all the stuff the Bible says, but if we just read it and don't do anything, it's, that's just making you cleverer. It's not changing how your life lives. And we want to be a church where what we take in, what we study, what we learn, affects how we do our daily lives. It seems a standard core thing. We're all nodding. But we, we need that as an essential. Because if we just read for knowledge and wisdom and don't apply... For me, it's pointless. That's not what church is about. And we will express our dependence upon and desire for God in prayer. We've done prayer series recently. We continue to do prayer stuff, daily prayer. We're going to try and organize a few prayer meetings at different times. You've got the prayer walks Friday. You've got early morning prayer Wednesdays. um, And we're going to try and do a Sunday evening um, in February where we get together and gather to prayer. To prayer? To pray. It's a fundamental of who we are. We know there are prayer groups that go on. You have three triplet prayer triplets. If you're not in a prayer triplet and would like to speak to Matt or I, and we'll try and see who's not in a prayer triplet, but we keep pushing that because this is a shared journey we do. It's not by yourself. And then we lived a life of worship to God in the power of the Holy Spirit. Disciples, apprenticeships. Who thinks you know how to be a Christian? Sorry about that. Because we haven't got it all sorted. We're working it out. For the first two things, help us realize that this journey is not finished until we go to heaven. We're continuing to work it out. So that's the first bit. The middle ones, love, accountability, and generosity. Um, and these are the verses for these. I'm just flying through, but I will share and put this out on the sharing life and emails. We will express our love and care for one another in sacrificial action. Philippians. Love is a funny word, and it means so many different things, but as a church, what does it mean to love one another? And I think the word we put in that sentence, or is in the part, is a sacrificial action. Sacrificial means it hurts, and it affects, and causes your life to, you know, it's, you're doing something above and beyond. And are we a community that cares for one another in sacrificial action? That's not one of us, that's all of us being challenged with that. We'll be disciples who make disciples, humbly urging one another on to live for Christ. Life groups, big thing, always. Because Sunday mornings is quite hard for us to do this. The encouragement, urging each other on. It's very one-dimensional, isn't it, Sunday mornings? It's somebody talking, you guys listening, taking it in. Yes, thank you, Andrew. But life groups is where we live it out. Life groups is where we ask some of those questions that actually you wouldn't ask on a Sunday. I always remember somebody in a congregation I was working with in Boscombe shouting at me, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense, as I'm preaching. Quite disturbing sometimes. Um, But we don't do that, do we? You can do if you want. I do appreciate it. I will take it in my stride. Um, But that's where our life groups help us work these things through. And that are such a key part. Um, and also that's where you have somebody else say, how, is you, how are you doing? Where is your face at the moment? You know, and that is the importance of life groups. Generosity. We would cheerfully serve the body, giving generously of our time, talents and treasure. Generosity is not all about money. Time is such an asset and a key element of our lives at the moment where we're running around trying to work out if we've got enough of it to do the things we need to do. For church, we can't do church. We don't do church without you guys because we can't do it. You know, we we honestly, as leadership, know how generous you guys are with all of those things. But it has to be a key element to us and we want it to be the love fund gifts. Um, Matt's going to share some stuff later in our business meeting about how we're going to do giving this year. Um, it's, it wants to be a part of us our love fund it's there, it's always been there but again I encourage you, if you've got people who you would love to just give something to um, on Sharing Life you've seen Sophie share about Noah you know, we wanted to give a gift to the mum and I forget the mum Margaret, yeah, so we've sent a gift to them and some flowers just to say, you know, we're praying for you you know, just want to stand with you in this time simple things 
but there are loads of people we know in our sort of circles, our front lines, who might need some of that encouragement. So please do speak to Matt or I or um, Malcolm, and we can pass on gifts to people just to say that you know, we, we want to stand with you. You're not alone at the moment. And then the last one's grace, social action. We will go to the least, the last, and the lost, and gracefully welcome them into our community. Amen. That, that, you know, some things are quite easy to read and then think, yeah, that's what we want to do. But also that takes a lot of work because that means a lot of different people coming into us. And do we still have, and I'm always challenged by these ones, you know, do we welcome everybody into our community? And I want to say I think we do, but then... It's always a challenge, that one. We will show the love of Christ in action to those in need. Abby's great example, dog walking, has been one of our more recent social action supporting people. There are many different things we can do as church, and we want to support and find other ways of loving our community. Buying a dishwasher for school, buying coffee machines for the school. Just practical things that we try and do. But social action is for those that have little or nothing, Abbeys get to hear a lot of stories of people who do not have much, you know, and we're trying to do that, um, and we're hoping to share more stories about how we can, but we're just trying to find the practicalities of how we share stories of people who get come out of abusive relationships and get moved into a short-term accommodation and have nothing. So we hear those stories. How are we going to respond? Do we need to do more in that area? And then sharing the gospel will endeavour to take every God-given and thank you Alan for sharing that story this morning every God-given opportunity to share the good news of Jesus they come in weird and wonderful ways it's not always with a tract in your hand as you give them out it's not always door knocking and the God-given opportunities is for us to hear and ask what are you asking of me Where do I have this conversation? Is it taking two minutes just to honour the person that's come to see you? This week, one of the guys in the tri-club just said, I can't come coaching tonight because my dad died. Oh, my granddad died. And I was like, again, okay, don't go. Just tell me, how are you doing? God-given opportunity for me just to ask how he was doing. He said, well, I'm all right. It's just my family. Okay. And we just talked about it. God-given opportunities. Sometimes there are things like that that we see. Other things, it's just putting an arm around a friend who you know is going through difficulty. There's so many different ways that we can do that. And we are going to go into a series after we've done this of our looking out. How, you know, different ways we can learn. Part of our course that we're doing is hopefully to help us do these things as well. But that's our DNA. There are our values as a church. So if you're new to us, you may not have seen those before. They may be new to us. If you've been with us for a while or from the beginning, these should be things we remember. But I tested myself before I did this series of whether I could remember these nine I got to seven, which is not good, because that means it's not part and parcel of who we are. So we're going to try and find ways of actually getting this out and reminding us as a church and fellowship of actually what this looks like. This is who we are. So that is our vision, our vow, and our values. Matthew, I'll pass on to you. I've got this on right. Is it the right way around? Claire, Claire couldn't, um, wasn't sure if it was or not, so weird contraption. I've got the look up um, part of the um, section. Um, I've got a reading here from John 15. There was loads of um, passages that I could look at, but to me, um, when I asked God's help on this, God led me to John 15, 1 to 8. And I think they're very well-known verses but say a lot about our relationship with God. And without it, the in and the out, we will not be able to do if we don't have that core relationship with God. Let's listen to these verses. It's John 15, 1 to 8. And it says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You have already, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory so that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these lovely verses. Dear Heavenly Father, help us just to unpack them take away anything from me but just I just pray that you will just teach all of us to draw into a closer relationship with you thank you as a father you give us good things and you want to reveal so many mysteries so many truths and just that you love us and care for us so that we can love others and um, our folk and family within the church also help each of us with this we pray in Jesus name Amen so a very, very simple question. I don't think many people here have got electric cars. Most have got perhaps petrol or diesel. Um, but how do we keep our cars going? How are they, are they uh, would they go on forever? What do we need to do? What are some of the things? What are the obvious things? What's that? Yep, take it for a service. Yep, excellent. Put petrol and diesel in it, yeah. MOT, yeah. Yeah, we look after them, yeah. Really good answers. What about ourselves? What are some of the things that we need to keep going? Food, yeah. We need food. What else do we need? Sleep, yeah. And and water, yeah. We need all of these things, don't we? And when we're thinking about our vision, the up, the in, and the out... Just like a car has to have petrol or diesel or, 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 or um, electric to be charged up. You know, we too can do nothing without God. We can do nothing. We sung, Jesus is the centre. We can do nothing in our own strength. And this is reminded throughout this passage in so many ways. I don't know whether you realise that in Isaiah, um, there's a song, and it's all about the people of Israel, all about the vineyard. And basically, it's a, a replica in a way of this. The people of Israel had the opportunity for God to help them in all of their, in their life. God was there to, to give them encouragement, to help them, to show them how to live. But they decided to go their own way. And every time they turned their back on God. And then for a while they served him and God blessed them. And then they turned their backs on God. And God uses this same picture to us, that if you want to bless others, if you want to live a life with real blessing, you have to remain in me. And it goes as far to say, what can we do? What can we do? What is the answer in the passage? Nothing. So in my own strength, I can do nothing. And God repeats this, Jesus repeats this several times. Two times in verse 4, once in times 5, once in verse 6. But I want to counterbalance that with one of my favourite verses in Philippians 4 verse 13, which says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. So this is completely turned on the head. So as individuals, as we love one another, as we saw in our own strength, we're going to fail. 
but we've got a God who loves us and cares for us and we can do incredible things, not in our own strength, but in him who strengthens me. And I find that really encouraging that, that there's a God who wants to help us. He wants to, he wants to support us and do that. He has got all of the resources for every one of us to be such a blessing to one another and our neighbours. And God is a good gardener. He wants to help us. He wants to support us. I'm not going to go, I love doing this study, and I'm not because Ben's only given me ten minutes, so I could speak a lot on this subject. But it rather, I believe with all my heart, and I know a lot of Christians um, have different views on this, I believe once someone is saved, although I think some people will get there by the skin of the teeth, I believe that you are saved and you can't lose your salvation. Some of these verses in here are quite hard to understand. And I, if anybody wants to talk about this, I'll share some of these words. But my understanding is, in verse 2, where it says it can be cut off, them verses are actually very different when you look into the actual Greek verses of them words. And English languages put the same word into one category. And so sometimes you have to look back. Now, when I've looked at this, I'm going to say this very quick, so I think this is quite a good thing. The gardener, apparently vines in them days, used to grow along the ground. And they would... Um, on the ground, they could get um, rotten, um, little bugs could come and, and, and eat into these grounds, and the fruit would not grow. And apparently the Greek word that is used is a word called ioro, I-O-R-O, I think it was when I looked at this. And apparently the gardener lifts them branches away from all the rotten stuff on the food, like he's being very gentle with them branches. So it's not that he's casting them out. He still wants them to grow. He still wants them to produce fruit. When the verse in verse 6 is much harder, but sadly these are people who have never been joined to the vine. So they've never become Christians. So that is why they are then completely cast out, because we want everyone to respond, and God will do everything that he can. I added that because to me it's a big thing, because there's so many verses that you could read both ways. But I believe in a God that if you've truly said, and you really mean that, that um, you've asked Jesus into your heart, you've said sorry for all the wrong things that you've done, I believe if you've done that sincerely, your faith is secure. But what we want to do is to produce fruit and go on with God and please him in our lives. Sorry, I digress. I just enjoyed doing this study. And if anyone wants to speak, I've got some loads of stuff that God showed to me and listened to speakers and things like that. But we can do nothing in our own strength. So what does that mean to you and to me? What does it mean? Are we remaining in him? What does it mean to remain in me like these verses? Very simply, it means that we have to trust God and secondly, we have to obey him. This is so important, not just with our mouths, but in our action. So if we're trusting God with what we read in this Bible, we do what it says. We love people. We act, we show mercy to people. We act, we help the vulnerable. We love our fellow Christians. We forgive people. Basically, we do what the Bible says. Like Ben said, it's not just reading it, it's doing it as it's saying. And being obedient doesn't mean that we don't get things wrong, but we try with God's help, not in our own strength, because we've already said we fail. But God can help us do these things in his strength. And we can do some great things. I don't know about you, when I looked at this and God said, you've already answered your own questions. Sometimes I think we try and analyse our own life. Am I producing much enough fruit? 
Am I showing enough self-control? Am I showing enough love? Am I showing enough joy? Am I showing enough peace? And God said, no, you're not. But I can. And I kept coming back to that. How we try and sort of almost, how am I doing? And God says, look, actually you won't do very well, but I can do well. And I keep coming back to that. Let's help us, let's all of us encourage each other just to say, look, God, at the start of the day, help me. I can't cope with what I'm going to do, but you can. Just help me be the blessing to whoever I come in contact with. But I did, just as I closed this section, I just, God gave me five signs, because it's nice to know that we are on the right path. Five signs that I thought that would be happening if you are having that good relationship with God. And I want to say, we are all very different. Satan will try everything he can to get you off a good relationship with God. Because that will live you a life which is where you will receive joy, where you will receive happiness. He will do all sorts of things. Some it will be make you busy. Some people it will make you serve, which is good things, but without spending the time with others. Other things it can be sport. Other, other people might have a problem with a, something in their life which isn't good. Pornography. All sorts of things. Um, Satan will try and trip people up. But it's so important to keep that closeness with God. But these are five things that if you are in a good place with God, I think will be happening. One is that you will be producing fruit. Says it very clearly in the things. So you will be producing, look at Galatians 5, is it? 22, 23, I think, all of them list of nine things. That's one of the things. The second thing... Didn't, I'm not going to go into this, but it talks about the garden of pruning us. Actually, being a disciple, being in a good place hurts. Because God will be doing things in your life which are uncomfortable. God will be challenging you with things, changing you, and that hurts. Many times, God has said to me, look, (laughs) no, no, you can't do that. Or I don't want you to be, I want you to be doing this. We don't find it easy. But lots of verses in the Bible... I don't let my children do lots of the things that they want to do because I love them. It's very easy as a father for me to say yes. I find saying yes easy. I don't find saying no very easy. Sometimes my heart says, I just, I'd love them to do that, but I can't because it's not good for them. So that's the second thing. If, if you're having situations that hurt, God loves, you know, you're probably walking in a close place to thing. Third, your prayers will be answered. When I'm in line with God, I pray for things that God would want to happen. For example, if I said, look, um, or I, like, I want to get to work a bit quicker, I think I need a red Ferrari, God. That's probably not in God's um, remit of something um, very good. But if I pray for things that God would want to see happen... If my thoughts are in line with God, I'm much likely, more likely to see my prayer answers. Because God wants to answer our prayers. The fourth thing, I will have a genuine love for other people. And this comes on into the next section. I will really love people. I will be empathetic when I hear stories about people. I will want to help people. Actually, it will bring me joy to see and walk in people's life. The other fifth thing, which is an incredible thing as a Christian, incredible privilege, that whatever you face, you will have joy, which is an incredible situation. And I've been privileged to walk alongside some very um, incredible Christians who have gone through awful situations and they have shown me such an example where there have been joy. Um, um, to be fair, one of the biggest examples I think I've ever had was dear Elaney. Actually, to be fair, I think if I think of someone who was an incredible strengthener to my faith, and I can think about going around theirs at times with Ben, sometimes, sometimes on my own, thinking, what can I? And I came out in awful situation, actually just lifted and blessed which sounds 
bizarre, but I had some very special times over there. How can we do it? Elaine couldn't do it. Mel couldn't do it. But God gave them the strength to do it. We've seen Alan today. God gave him the strength and he will you and me. So I think that's all I'm going to say. I could say so much more on this um, subject. But I think the next thing I've been doing, I've been asked to give a link, and that's just to let you know some of these life groups. I would encourage all of you to go to a life group. I actually, as a young Christian, found life groups a lot easier than church, if I'm honest. I will be honest, because you could just share, you could ask questions. Um, My dad, (laughs) when I was a young lad... We went to Waldenfield Church, and these two lads, they were quiet characters. They said, what's a concubine, mister? <laughs> to my dad. And church was quite a, uh, sort of, not quite so easy going. My dad, just couldn't, what shall I say? What shall I say? And I, I, must, I was only about seven or eight, and I said to mum, what's a concubine, dear mum? <laughs> Why couldn't dad answer that question? But perhaps we should have people shouting out. But I would encourage all of you, to go to a house group. Ask questions. Emily, as a young um, person, used to, she was brilliant. She used to ask questions that she knew the answers to. And it, but, it, but, but, but she was knowing that other people sometimes in that groups would want to be asking them questions. And from her asking things, other would people would have the confidence to ask them. I had another girl called Jen Mitchell, who was Leslie. She did a very similar thing. Go, explore, ask questions. So the leaders groups are Andrew, there, let's stand up Andrew, thank you. So Andrew does the Waldingfield group, David and Rita do the Cat's Lane group, that well done. Ben does the Cornardy group. And I do the, um, the Acton and Ballington group, because one of the guys was in um, Acton, but now in Ballington. So it's really important. If you want to ask questions, if you don't go, want to, um, please come and see Ben or I. The groups would love you to go and just ask questions and just learn from one another. I do the New Christians group. I think I learn far more from them than I do. I love doing that group. So just encourage one another. Shall I just pray for them groups? Is there? Yeah, let's just pray for these guys and pray that we'll all learn together just what it is to serve God, grow close to him and be a love in the community. Thank you, Lord, for these, each of these groups. I thank you for their love for one another. I thank you that we've all got so much to learn. Thank you that you've got so much to share and to teach us. Help us as individuals, as church, to grow together and just help us to be transformed, to become more like you. And I just pray that we will show our love, our light to the groups around us and the people who you put us in contact with. Bless these groups, we pray, and one another too, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sadly, we have run out of time, as always. There's lots to try and cover today. Um, so I'm just going to be brief before we finish with some worship, because I think it's important to finish the worship. And Joe has got something she'd like to share with us as part of how we finish our worship as well. Um, I got the look in, um, and some of it I chose this one because I wanted to do it because I've been asking the question what does it look like to be part of and part of the family of New Life Church and I've been toying in my head and praying and asking God so what does it look like what does it actually mean if this whole similar thing of having a rock being broken in half and anybody that comes to our church do we know what it looks like to be part of the family and I've been struggling with this, and I've been moving backwards and forwards and thinking, well, it's got to be this, it's got to be this, it's got to be this. And I think God sort of shared with me and took me back to Scripture, saying, okay, but this is what it looks like. Does this match what the Bible says about what community and family looked like for the early disciples to what you do now in church? Is attendance the priority? Is coming to a life group a priority? Is that what it looks like? And I've put together... Or I, I'll pass that to you, you can pass them around. This is something that we have played with and I've been praying through. Please do pass them around. It's our NLC promise and we're going to bring this up as church next week and do it as a gathering. And 
this is, I suppose for me, when I've been praying in my heart about actually what I think it means to be part of our, our family, our church. So we don't have membership, but what does this look like? And I think, for me, if I can put this in words, this is what it is. So there's 30 odd copies. If you don't get one, then I can get, print some more off and I will send it round to the whole church. Um, but this is how the, this supposed this promise come together. As I was praying and God was giving me pictures of different things and sending me to the Bible and the story around who we are and what we want to be, what we want to be known as. And again, known as not for our community, but known as before God. You know, known as, and when he sees us, what does he see? And we're going to bring this to the church next week and we're going to do this together. So it's very Church of England. Andrew, you'd be proud of me. Um, so there's a bit that we will say as leadership and there's a response that we will share together as a congregation. And we want to do this with our whole family as well. So this will be our youth and our kids will be involved for this as well. Because what we model is important for our whole family. And God gave me the picture of a puzzle, so that's why there's been a background of a puzzle all um, this morning. And he sort of reminded me, and I was going, oh yeah, but the corners are the key part of a puzzle. They're the big things. First things I always start with is a corner, um, or that's more important, it's the edges. The middle's not so important, it's just there's other bits that are far more important than a puzzle. And then God said to me, but can a puzzle be finished if there's a piece missing? And the answer was No. For a puzzle to be a puzzle, we need every piece. And all of us this morning, and those that are not with us today and are unwell or at home, we are the puzzle. It's what makes this puzzle work. And I've got a piece of puzzle here. So when I'm making a puzzle, yes, the corners are quite... It's important to start with the edges because you can make the puzzle. But if you just put the corners out and you don't put anything in the middle, the picture doesn't work. We need every part of our puzzle, which is New Life Church, to come together to paint the picture for our community. We need to be connected. This is not a puzzle. So me by myself, I do not make the picture of New Life Church. All I am is possibly four sides with some in bits and some out bits. That's me. But when I'm put together with a bigger picture, I make and I show and I share what we are as a church, as our community together. You and I shape what New Life Church is. We, you know, Matt and I are just two people of 100, as we say, the number of a church. That's not the church. We, we all make up what this is. So you bringing your giftings, your heart, your passions, your skills, your heart paints that picture and when I was asking God as I was putting the picture together with the puzzle pieces I go but what does the picture look like what is it you're saying and frustratingly as I think in our relationship with God sometimes he said well you have to wait and see it's like no but I want to know what it is so I can tell people and we can share this picture so everyone says yes we're behind you but he said until you start placing these pictures all to pieces together, will you then see the picture of who you, New Life Church is and what, your, what the next bit is, whether that's big events, whether that's small events, whether that's doing community different, whether that's doing our front line different. All those different things will come as we start interlinking together. So our in, like Matt said, of our worship, if we don't have our worship of God, we don't start there, what follows, you've got to start in the right place. The second part of this in our in is if we don't do it together, then it's a very poor picture. So I'm going to stop there. There's loads more I could say because I want us to move into worship. Connected, you shape. I suppose the last one was this. I like doing puzzles. I am one of those people. I like doing them on holidays, and it's a relaxing time. So don't shame me. I like them. And I get bought birth, uh, puzzles for Christmas and birthday presents, and I like them. Um, but what do you do at the end with the puzzle? Break it up as quick as possible and find the next one. And I think as I was praying, as Matt was talking this morning, about what, but what do you want to do with ours? And my brother's as sad as me with puzzles, but he frames all his puzzles. And he had one in his wall in the pool room for a while, and now it's got bigger because he's got three or four different pictures on the wall. And some of what 
I believe God is saying for us as a community of how we do in together is that God will put us together in this puzzle and then that will be who, what we look like for a couple of years. And then God will ask us again to scrap that puzzle, break it all down and then go again. So when we talk about our vision, about what we're doing in our community, it's not a 10, 15, 20, 30 year plan. It's okay, so what's God asking of us now for the next two years? So that's just a few things shared from my heart. Again, I, could, I was struggling to know how to exactly come to this. But God gave me the picture of a puzzle piece. And he's also given that picture to Joe without us talking to each other. Which I always find wonderful when God affirms things to us. So I'm going to pass over to Phil and Joe for us to worship. Um, hopefully that gives you a few bits of what our vision is next week we're going to go onto the out and speak about how we do that as a congregation as we do as a church as a family um yeah so i'll pass over to you guys i'll come to this in a moment but right now i just want us to stand if that's okay maybe you'll stand with me It's amazing that we know that when we listen, God speaks. And sometimes it's the gentle prompting, the little nudges. Sometimes it's a voice, a picture, or something. But this morning we've been challenged to focus, to look up, to focus on God. Let's do that now.
when we were preparing for today, I don't know if this next song that we're going to sing will be familiar to you, but when we were both preparing, Phil and I separately for this, and we were sat down together, we both kind of have these thoughts and we sit down together. I said to Phil, we, we need to sing the song, God, I look to you. Because it talks about how we want to seek God's vision, not having our own vision, this picture that we have. And he said, look, the top of the list was this next song. It's not a new song. I just don't know whether it's very familiar in this setting. But as we sing this song, I wonder if these words are true for you this morning. It talks about loving God with all of our strength, that he's our rock. And forever all our days we will love God. And that is just what we've been challenged to do this morning as we've been challenged to look up. Friday morning, I got up ready for work. I started my day with the Bible because that's what I do in the morning. It's something we've been challenged to do in life group where we start the day by focusing on God and praying the Lord's Prayer and focusing on God. So I started my day like that as usual, knowing that I had got so much to do at school before the children could arrive. And God just stopped me really and just said, Jigsaw puzzle. And at that point, I didn't really know, apart from the fact that I knew that God was saying that we were looking at the vision of our church, we were looking in, we were looking up to God, and I just had this picture of a map jigsaw puzzle. So, Phil being Phil on his day off on Friday was still in bed. So I got the children out of bed, I scribbled Phil a note that said, ask me about jigsaw puzzles. And then I kind of left it and I carried on with the day. So unusually I got a chance to look at my phone at lunchtime. I had a few moments. Sometimes I don't touch my phone from the second I walk through the door to the second I'm ready to leave. But I had the chance and I had a message from Phil saying, been putting some stuff on the church server, you know, on the system for the computer. 
There's a jigsaw puzzle picture. Have you been talking to Ben? And the answer was no, I hadn't. God really clearly was saying to me, you need a jigsaw puzzle for church on Sunday. You need a picture of a map. So there was me on Amazon going, right, £20 for a jigsaw puzzle. And I just said to Phil, see if you can get one in a charity shop. You might not get a puzzle with a map. Don't know which one it was. One ninety nine. You know, anyone that knows Phil will be, you'll know that that was from God too because he loves a bargain. Okay, loves to save his money. But no joke, a picture of the UK on a jigsaw puzzle. And God really said to me, you need to take a jigsaw puzzle to church. If you can get a map, that's great. Because that kind of says like, it's a place, it's where God's put you. God puts us in different places. We're all part of the same picture. And then we listen to the things that Ben shared today. About the picture, how it builds when we're together. How it builds when we're with God, where we can see the picture from afar. And actually, I looked at the picture when I took the puzzle out and thought, well, that doesn't show anything. This vision, this idea of it being a map, because that's where God puts us. God puts us in different places. And actually, you can't really tell that at all by looking at this. That was pointless, wasn't it? Actually, it wasn't, was it? Because actually, it's not about what you get on your piece of jigsaw puzzle. It's about how they fit together just like designed in a way that none of us could imagine or or see if it wasn't because of God. Isn't it amazing when God speaks? This week we've been part of the LICC frontline looking conversations. We've heard from Alan who's had that chance to reach out. We've had... You know, and I don't think that I'm like somebody that God speaks to, like with pictures and that kind of thing. But I, it was so clear, it was God, and then it matches up with what Ben had thought. That's not a coincidence. It's God speaking, and although we sometimes think that that's just you know something engineered for church to make it have an impact, it absolutely was not. So we're just going. I know the time's ticking, but. We just felt it was right to share it with you and to have time as a collective to give to God. We'll sing again in a moment, but I've got jigsaw puzzle pieces. And, you know, I'm going to pass the bucket around. If you want to say to God, actually, I'm in. I'm in this. I'm part of this. I want to take my part, wherever that may be, this week, this month, this year, and I want to be part of it. Take a piece of jigsaw puzzle. Pop it in the back of your phone case. Pop it in your pocket. Put it in your handbag. Put it in your Bible. Wherever it's going to be seen to you, that as whatever we face this week, this month,